0: Hey, 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 Philly sports fans, guess where I am? It is the home of the Philadelphia Eagles, Lincoln Financial Field, here for a very special event that we'll tell you about in just a second. I'm Jim Chesko, call me Chet, and on site with me here this evening is the guy who runs our Edge of Philly Sports Network, Big Al Zafiri. We'll see him in a little bit. Also with us via our fabulous StreamYard software from his home base down in the Sunshine State, it is my co-host, the Chief Bill Furman. Hello, Bill.
1: Hey, Chet, Al, good to see you guys. Uh, pretty cool to be on location at the link tonight. I think it's going to be a really fun uh, fun event. We got some good things in store for tonight. Yeah, Bill, you're
0: missing a real fun evening here. Uh, we'll get in as much talk as we can this evening about the Phillies and Sixers during the course of this special 90-minute show, plus some bird talk, of course, with Eagles insider Dave Spadaro stopping by shortly. Maybe some other guests along the way as well. But the reason we're here, Bill, well, it's for a very special uh, event this evening. It is a fundraiser, and it is for women against abuse, and it is called Dish It Up. they got a bunch of food here. I've tried a couple little things already. There's a cooking competition, and it's pretty cool. So former Birds great Troy Vincent is here, as is his lovely wife, Tommy. They are being honored in just a bit as the organization's Advocates of the Year. And we may also get the chance to talk with Troy's... Oh, no, we're not going to get the chance, they tell me. Taron Vincent, a big 305-pound defensive tackle at the Ohio State University. Unfortunately, he could not attend, but we're going to talk, hopefully, to his uh, parents about young Teron. Um, He's got one more year with the Buckeyes. This is going to be a fun evening, Bill. Wish you could be here, but uh, I'm going to have a beer or two later for you, if that's okay.
1: <laughs> well, Yeah. Well, go ahead. I don't want to be one to uh keep you from doing that for sure. <laughs> but hey, it's a great cause. I'm glad we could be part of it. Uh, you know, and that and you guys could do it live is even even really, really neat. Um so, but it is a great cause for sure.
0: Yeah, Bill, the Eagles have had a pretty good off season and uh they made another move today. They picked up a cornerback, a badly needed cornerback, James Bradbury, the former Giants. So that's gotta help, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago when we did our draft review and, uh, you know, we talked about having uh, picked up Reddick and, and they drafted so well. The front seven certainly better than uh, than it is, than it was with the guys they're bringing in. And now they're they're trying to strengthen the back end. Got to like that.
0: Yeah, he didn't have a great year last year, but two years ago he was a pro bowler, so that's a good thing. He's just 28 years old. I believe he's going to be 29 in August, so that's certainly not a bad thing at all. We're going to get the uh, opinion of Eagles insider Dave Spadaro in just a second. Let me see if I can figure out how to get Dave on screen. So, you got him? Look at that.
1: There he is. Technology. Technology. (laughs) <laughs> In
0: fact, you can see part of Dave and me twice, which is pretty wild. Yeah, yeah right. Hi, guys. Dave, welcome. Hey, Dave. Did you get to sample any food tonight? I
2: sampled all the food, and um, it was kind of cool. Like, so the way this this came about for me, Chris Parsons and I met, gosh, uh, three years ago. Time certainly has been warped over the last several years. And she mentioned this event, and then of course COVID postponed it for a long time so here we are tonight obviously women against abuse is a very powerful cause that i think we all agree with and i offered to do anything i could to help and she asked me to be a a food judge now i am absolutely not qualified to be a food judge (laughs) other than i like like food yeah Uh, so so i was walking around and making my putting my grades down and then kind of comparing it with all the food experts and i think i'm i'm right on the money And, and the the best advice was given to me. It, it, does it look good? Does it taste good? That is how you judge food. So it's really not that impossibly difficult. It is a very subjective um, opinion. I guess I, is that a, is that the right word? Subjective, objective. I had I just Subjected, had three. Yeah. Subjective. Subjected. I just had a three. I just had three pastries, three desserts that are blowing my sugar um, <laughs> numbers right out of my out of my body. And that that on top of a really fun day with the Philadelphia Eagles. With the news of James Bradbury, it's just been a really good time to be a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: Yeah, we, we just mentioned that. Uh, we're we're going to let Bill ask you a question in a second. But another thing that's subjective is draft grades. And the Eagles had a pretty good draft, I think. A lot of people gave them an A- or a solid A. If you can see on our screen here, you're seeing the five players they drafted. Jordan Davis, Kevin Jurgens, Nicole Dean, and a couple others. Pretty darn good, Dave. So far, so good. I mean, I, I honestly uh, reserve
2: judgment always until I see them in Philadelphia in pads against men. I mean, these are young guys going into a league of men. But for sure, you know, my draft experience was really a, a fun one. Chet, I went to the Vegas for the first round, you know, met Jordan Davis right after he was selected. Really big guy. There, there are only a, a couple of men that I've kind of done double takes and it was Reggie White. Jordan, my is certainly one of them. Um, Sean Andrews at the time was a big guy. Jordan Davis is right up there. I mean, he is a a massive, massive young man with a great personality. And then a few moments later, learning that we made the trade to get AJ Brown made that first night, a rousing success. And one thing I think that's cool about the grades is that I, this is my 25th year with the team. I can't remember an off season and certainly a draft weekend that has been so universally accepted from the media, from the fans. The grades are all terrific and we'll see how they develop. Now, now the next phase is how do they adjust to the, the bright lights, the big city, the tempo and, and players who are equally talented and much more experienced and skilled in the technique of the NFL. Bill.
1: Well, Dave, I'm like you. I don't, uh, I don't get too excited about winning games in April. Uh, you got to win games in the fall. That's right. Uh, but, but I'll tell you what, this, this draft has me pretty excited. And the AJ Brown trade is, is the cherry on top to me. That, that was the steal of the draft uh, by the Eagles. Uh, to put them over the top.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I think it's probably bill you, and we all do, you, you put the whole off season in, in context and, I know how fans are early in free agency when you're not coming out of the gate signing a bunch of players. The fans kind of go, Oh my gosh, what are you doing? You're missing all these quality players. But to get somebody like AJ Brown, it really does. It, it means that you acquire a wide receiver who doesn't have that learning curve that you worry so much about young receivers learning their way in the NFL. AJ's already done it. He's been a Pro Bowler, he fits into this offense perfectly. He has a relationship with the quarterback already. The Eagles already have one dynamic wide receiver in Devontae Smith. So A.J. Brown comes in and just and, and adds another piece. And, again, when I step back and, and look at this Eagles offense, and I'll tell you this on paper right now, just from a talent standpoint, and you guys can correct me, you've been around for a couple of years too, I can't remember a more talented duo at wide receiver. Certainly Jeremy Macklin and Deshaun Jackson were good. And T.O. was T.O., but he never really had that second guy. I guess I kind of have to go all the way back to Quick and Carmichael and just in terms of pure talent at the starting wide receiver positions. And I just think when you can put that on top of a great offensive line and a tight end who's really good and running backs who are deep, um, this offense has a chance to be dynamic
0: and defenses are going to have a lot to handle starting in September. And speaking of defense, the Eagles' defense got a, an upgrade with the addition of Hassan Reddick and Nicobe Dean falling into the third round. You got to love the fact that they got Nicobe Dean in round three. Yeah,
2: it was it was crazy. So I was in Vegas for the first night of the draft. Came back uh, on a red eye. Arrived back on Friday morning, and that Friday night was really interesting. So was in the draft room for the first pick, Cam Jurgens, and uh, you know they were going back and forth. Was it going to be Jurgens? Was it going to be Dean? you know, hush conversations, whispers. So they go with Jurgens at 51, and then they come back in round three at 83 overall, and Dean's still on the board. And, I mean, the defensive coaches were ecstatic to get N'Kobe Dean. Now, why did he fall? Okay, there's obvious reasons. He had some medical red flags. Nothing that ever kept him off the field at Georgia. Right. But when teams look, and they all share the information, one of the things that I found really interesting was it wasn't like the Eagles said, hey, this is what we saw, and other teams said, oh, you missed that. Here's what we saw. No, they all have the same – 10 teams share that information, and it's just how you kind of extrapolate the information. And so the Eagles saw a player who's extremely productive. N'Kobe's not the biggest guy in the world. He's about 5'11", 225. He can be reckless at times. That's what makes him great. And maybe there are teams that were concerned that he would not last long in the NFL. Eagles rolled the dice here. They get themselves an incredible leader, incredibly productive, high-motor, physical. Player is just, you know, for years we've all said, well, why don't the Eagles invest first-round pick at the linebacker position? Well, in N'Kobe, they really got a player with first-round skills, somebody who most people thought was going to go in round one, happened to last till round three, and really complements what they did in the draft. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, Dave, uh, with the signing of Hassan Reddick as well and Dean and Chiron Johnson with the next or later pick in round six, do you see a, a lean towards maybe going towards a 3-4 defense or at least mixing it up a little bit to, uh, to change some things up on the defensive side?
2: Yeah, I think it's a great question, and I think that that's going to be part of the mystery of what the Eagles are going to do defensively. I think they now have the flexibility to do that. They've got the personnel that they can – play in a four three, they can move to a three front, three man front. They look they're gonna have to figure out a way to get Hassan Reddick from a stand-up position into the backfield. That's something they didn't do really last year um from the strong side linebacker position. So yeah, I I do I I think that they will offer a lot of different looks and try to attack weaknesses. And you know a defense that last year wasn't aggressive and, and didn't really play downhill. I think that they can play downhill this year, especially now that you had Bradbury. You've got a lot more confidence in your coverage on the back end. So I do think that's going to happen Um, to what degree. I don't know. And I'm kind of guessing because I haven't seen it. But I do think that they have that ability to mix and match their personnel with some different fronts and um, and really try to keep offenses off balance. And that's
0: the key in the NFL. You mentioned Hassan Redick. He's uh, a defensive end, linebacker, can play both, depending on, I guess, whether it's 4-3, 3-4. Three, three, he's a great addition. Plus, you got Brandon Graham coming back, hopefully healthy. Yeah, well, that look, I mean, Graham's Brandon's
2: in the office every day. He's a, he's a ball of energy. He's a positive guy. We all love him, and we're hopeful that he comes back and that Achilles tendon doesn't drag him down. We don't know that yet. He's made a really good recovery. He's doing everything on the field right now that everybody else is doing. So that's a positive sign. Um, I think we all would agree that Brandon is a rare treat, a rare treasure in the, in the city of Philadelphia, in this region. So having him come back and have a strong season would be outstanding. And then, I mean, look, I, I know how Eagles fans feel about Derek Barnett, right? He wasn't, he hasn't really been as productive as you would have hoped a first round draft pick would be, but now he comes back and he's able to rotate with Brandon Graham, Josh sweat, you know, they can bring in a bunch of players, um, four rotations and keep everybody fresh and if if Derek Barnett is your third or fourth defensive end that is a great rotation that teams really don't have in the NFL we've got a 17 game season again it's going to require a lot of depth and I think that's what Brandon Graham gives you and Derek Barnett gives you he gives you a lot of depth
1: well Dave the you know the Eagles take a defensive tackle with the first pick as offensive center with the second pick um you know, typical to build from the trenches on out. This seems to be Howie Roseman's mo. Uh, any surprises there for you? Did the Jurgens pick really throw you off? Um, and and how's he going to fit into what I think is one of the very top offensive lines in the football league? So
2: uh, you know, again, I was in the room when they picked him, and then I went into the offensive line room with Stout and and the offensive line assistant offensive line coach. Roy Istvan and they started running some film and explaining to me and uh they raved about him and I mean they raved about him and really if you kind of took his jersey off and put Kelsey's jersey 62 on you'd look at and say (laughs) well they're kind of the same player in a sense of they're super athletic they get down the field they play hard on every snap I asked Stoutland I'm like well he goes David they He plays hard on every snap. He plays through and through the whistle on every snap. And I'm like, well, Stout, doesn't everybody do that? He goes, <laughs> he looks at me like I had never watched a game of football before. <laughs> and um, true story. And he goes, no, they don't play like that. And so things, that kind of competitive nature, that kind of love for the game of football, the athletic skills, the intelligence, they, the toughness. I'll tell you one thing about this team. You know, they're they're not a bunch of pushovers. They're going to be a physical, nasty team. I think that's what Nick wants. Nick is that kind of guide, that kind of coach. And Juergens exemplifies that. Now, what kind of impact will he have in his rookie season? I think that they'll cross-train him at guard. We didn't think that Landon Dickerson would play last year. If we talked about this 12 months ago, Landon Dickerson would have been a redshirt offensive lineman in his rookie season. turned out that he was a starter and a really good one once Brandon Brooks went down. So I'm very high on Cam Jurgens, very high. And I think not only for this year, but for next year and many years to come. And the Eagles, I trust Jeff Stoutland implicitly. I know that Eagles fans were kind of going, what in the world are you doing? We need a cornerback. Where are the <laughs> cornerbacks? That's why you. Kind of, it's the fun of the, being a fan is that you have hot takes. But the reality is, as a team, you kind of have to plan it out. And the Eagles really planned it out knowing that bradbury would be free hoping that they could strike a deal with him and at that point in in the second rounds of the draft i'm glad they stuck with their board i've been there too many times when they reached for a position and it didn't work out and i think in this instance everybody everybody loved cam jurgens
0: hey dave you mentioned cornerbacks and uh there's a guy here tonight who was a pretty good cornerback not too long ago troy vincent with the Eagles in the late 90s, early 2000s. What are your memories of Troy? And you say not too long ago. What was that, 15 years ago? <laughs> come on, you know. <laughs> 20 I'm years old. old. Yeah, me Doesn't too. I haven't seen that long ago. Me too. Oh,
2: my, uh, Troy's my man. I mean, look, he was really instrumental in what the Eagles were doing in the 90s with Ray Rhodes, um, building that defense, great technician. I love guys who come back to Philadelphia okay. and make a difference and stay here. And, you know, I of all the players that I've ever, 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 ever interviewed Troy's my number one. And he and I would just sit and talk for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Brilliant guy. Loved his perspective. Thrilled that he is such an important part of the NFL at the executive level. Roger Goodell's guy. And, um, and is here tonight, you know, for a very important cause women against abuse. And you know the dish it up event to 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 know that Troy made the trip from New York that this is so important to him just shows what kind of man he is. I honestly, to me, Troy Troy Vincent's like the kind of guy who you go he, he would be a great president of the United States. <laughs> In addition to being a tough, physical, competitive cornerback, there aren't a lot of guys like Troy then and certainly now who are who were so willing to be physical. I mean, I, I have the highest respect for Troy. I was thrilled that he went into the Eagles Hall of Fame. And and think he's one of the greatest cornerbacks in the history of our franchise.
1: Well, you know, Dave, we had Troy on with us a couple of weeks ago and talking about the Eagles and talking about this event. And I said to Chet after after listening to Troy for about twenty minutes, I said, uh, "Many many of the guests along the way I have not met." And I said, "That's a guy I have to meet. He he's that kind of guy. He's he makes you want to run through a wall talking to him or hearing him talk. And uh, that's my kind of people."
2: Isn't he? He's just a smart very thoughtful. Uh, When he, when you ask him a question, he, he considers it and he, he responds intelligently and I just really respect that. And I, I think the world of Troy and I'm glad his career has gone where it is and that he's making such a meaningful impact in the game and in our community.
0: Hey, Dave, last week, the Eagles' schedule for 2022 came out. That's always a big night for football fans and, you know, I don't get it. Vegas still has the Eagles at eight and a half. Are we being crazy to think 10, 11, 12, 13 wins?
2: Chet, I like your optimism a lot.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. I I, I stay You're
2: away from Vegas. I know I stay away from Vegas. It's scary, right? Like, <laughs> Now, I don't know if that number was put out before the draft, or is that still has, the number? It hasn't changed yet, though. Does the number, will, will it, would it change
0: you would, I would think it would be at least nine
2: and a half now. So, I mean, look, I mean, a, a line is put out there, so people bet on it uh, to, to, to draw the most interest. I, I mean, I certainly look and see more than eight and a half wins on that yeah. schedule. I mean, the way it, it opens up. Detroit on the road, and Minnesota at home, and Washington.
0: 4-0 start day, yeah, 4-0. Yeah,
2: Jackson. I mean, why not five? You know, you're not getting DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. So, and then the Cowboys come here, and I love the schedule. I think the Eagles, again, by getting somebody like A.J. Brown, you play, he's a plug-and-play wide receiver. You don't have to go, all right, well, he'll be ready. All that talk about getting Jamison Williams. And, I mean, look, the Lions got Jamison Williams. Eagles don't have to worry about him, right? So, I just think if it, it's a, it falls, it's a good schedule. It falls really nicely. I like five primetime games. I like Christmas Eve in Dallas. The last time the Eagles were in Dallas, my family went to me. Jeff Garcia had the went went with went with me. Jeff Garcia had the big win for the Eagles. He he wished everybody a Merry Christmas. He kind of, the, you know that 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 drive yeah. for the playoffs that year. Um, I just I, I feel like over at Novacare, I mean, there's just a lot of really great positive momentum and. Let's just stay healthy and and see what this team can become because, in a matter of just a few weeks here, they have upgraded so significantly with their talent level. Um, today, bringing in Bradbury, it, it makes you feel like wow, this defense really can be a, a lot better than it was last year. Yeah. And the offense, I think, can be one of the best in the league. If if it's obvious, I think it look. Let's be honest here. Maybe that eight and a half is this. They don't believe in Jalen Hurts. How about that? Maybe Vegas just doesn't uh, believe in Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, because Jalen- it does. It does come down to him, right? It, it comes down to the quarterback because all the other pieces are in place offensively, and it, it's going to be now. How how do how do the Eagles scheme for Jalen to have success, and then how does he respond? He's going to have plenty of options to throw the football to.
1: Well, Dave, we you would have thought we planned this, but we really didn't. You, you're leading me right to where I wanted to go. Uh, All these weapons, we've talked about them all, Um, but this team, at least last year, was a run-first team. Uh, I believe we had more more carries than anybody in the NFL. How are they going to distribute the ball, and are they going to be a run-first team, even with these, these receivers core that they have that's lightning fast? And does this put Jalen Hurts in a position where he may gain 800 yards rushing because you've got to cover everybody, and he might be the uncovered guy?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, if if you – it's really interesting. If you're going to load the box against the Eagles and put eight men in the box and try to stop the run, I mean, the Eagles are going to throw the football. Mm -hmm. It kind of comes down to that simply. And if you're going to use your best cornerback on A.J. Brown, I I don't know a lot of number two cornerbacks you're going to stick with Devontae Smith. So I think there's going to be tons of opportunities. And look, the offensive line, we know it is very, very good, very deep. I just – I. I think that it's going to be really hard for the Eagles, um, just to go like how how are you gonna how are you to, what, what are you if you're a defense what are you looking to stop first you stopping what the you stopping the run game first you stopping AJ Brown first how about Dallas Goddard or what about what about Jalen's mobility now ultimately you've got to win from the pocket and we see that in the playoffs quarterbacks you have to win from the pocket that's his next progression but I think they have a ton of weapons and I just I, I I think Nick it'll be really fun to watch how his um his palette of offense I love this cuz I'm at a food event so I'm talking about palette here <laughs> how it expands because we I, and I really respect the fact that last year the Eagles start 2 and 5 and he goes all right we got to play to our strengths we have to run the football not a lot of coaches do that a lot of coaches try to hammer 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 stick with what they know stick with what they do Nick was smart enough to go to the strength and the Eagles were able to turn the season around. So I, um, to answer your question, Bill, I, I think they can do both. And I think it depends on what defenses they're playing. If if they're playing against a great run team, you know, you go attack their, their secondary. If you're playing against a good pass team, then you pound the ball and run against them. The Eagles now have the opportunity, the ability, the depth, the talent to attack weaknesses. And I think that's what they'll do.
0: You know, Dave, just about a year ago, maybe a year and a half when we first met Nick Siriano, his, his, his first press conference didn't go all that well. People questioned whether he was the right guy for the job. All of a sudden, here we are a year and a half later, Nick Siriano, may be the best head coach in Philadelphia right now.
2: Well, that doesn't, uh, that's, uh, he's only a second year. It's kind of, well,
0: look, I, how you are already not a fan favorite. Doc Rivers, people want to yeah, get out of town. Yeah. Best GM. Players don't have a coach.
2: Yeah. Eagles, Eagles have the best GM and the best head coach in the, in the, in the city for sure. I there mean, you go most, most accomplished. Um, I guess doc has been to the playoffs a bit. Look, I, I think Nick has really showed a lot. I I really Chad, I, I took such exception and was so angry at Philadelphia and the media and all you guys, I'm, I'm putting you <laughs> in this because I don't know what you said at the time, but to, to judge a coach who's standing during the middle of COVID in an empty auditorium. All right. So imagine this. He's in an empty auditorium. There's a big screen with a bunch of media guys looking at him through the screen. And he's trying to make eye contact with the camera. He's trying to read from his statement. And he's trying to, in that moment, thank every person who's ever helped him along, get to that point to, to reach the, the title of head coach in the NFL. And so he stumbled over some things and I, mean, I, he's been so great with the media. I, you look at the way he, he responds to the media. They were, he, he did the seeds, you know, planting the seeds yeah. analogy last year. Now everybody had fun with it, but nobody has ever given Nick a hard time at a press conference. He's really he really knows how to work it, and the reason he does is because he's just a genuine, normal, no-polish guy. Chip Kelly came in and tried to be slickster. I know everything. I'm a genius, and it worked for a little while. He was a jerk but he was winning football games early on and people kind of gave him a pass. But he, if, if you asked him a question that wasn't a great question, he would jump down your throat. Oh yeah. That's not what Nick's all about. And Nick, Nick, it just loves football. He love he's, he's grateful for the opportunity. He he really, I, I, at Novacare. there's music everywhere. There's videos of players constantly going on the TV monitors everywhere. They really try to make it a, a, a great place for players to report to every day. And, and that's, that starts with Nick and his energy, and it, and it really is a genuine, um, heartfelt, authentic enthusiasm. And how can you hate a guy like that? Bill, you got one more for Dave?
1: Yeah, I have one more question, Dave, regarding the rest of the NFC East and the draft in the offseason. Uh, it looks to me like the Eagles, by leaps and bounds, uh, passed over all the other teams in the NFC East who are struggling anyway. Uh, but... Again, you don't win games in April, you win them in the fall, but uh, it looks to me like the Eagles have made a pretty significant move towards the top of the East.
2: Well, let's remind everybody that the statistic that just is not going away, this fun fact that is so bizarre, there has not been a repeat winner in the NFC East since the Eagles did it in 2003-2004. Yep. It is crazy. So I know the people in Dallas think that they're, they've are they restocked and they're ready to go and defend the NFC East title. History suggests otherwise. I think the Giants are very much in a rebuilding mode again, which is – I always respected the Giants organization. Even when they went through down times, they always bounced back really quickly. And now they've had five straight seasons with double-digit losses. It, it's nuts to me. Washington, it's all about the quarterback. And can Carson Wentz be the Carson Wentz from even 2019? Um because I think the Washington, I think they do have a uh, they have a really good defense. I think the defense was underperforming very much last year. I think with Chase Young being healthy, it'll be a good defense again. So I think Washington is a good football team. And I think the Cowboys are a good football team. So I look for a, a terrific division, and um, but I do think the Eagles are in the thick of it. And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself or any of that, but uh, I just really believe that the Eagles are a team that Instead of going, all right, hey, we, we turned the season around last year, we won nine games, yippee we're gonna we're going to keep going off that. They, they attacked the offseason. They were really, as it turns out, very aggressive in the offseason. Maybe not at the beginning, but they were very aggressive in the offseason, and they brought in multiple impact players. And that's why I think the Eagles are a team that's on the swing, on the, on the rise. As Jalen Hurts always says, they're a team rising. Uh, so, I, I mean, if the Eagles are able to stay healthy, take care of business, and play their best football, I think the Eagles are the best team in the division. Now, last year, they weren't close to Dallas. They were a, yeah. they were a long ways away from the Dallas Cowboys. I think the way this defense improved, the way that A.J., the, the impact that A.J. Brown brings, I think that, you know, that allows, and, and the Cowboys lost some pieces up front offensively. I think that really changes the dynamic in the division.
0: Dave will let you run, go get some more food, have a drink or two. Thank you guys. uh, Pleasure. Thank you guys for being here. And thanks for having me on. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, Bill. All right, Bill, let's talk insurance, shall we?
1: Well, I tell you what, Chet, gas prices, gas prices, gas prices. My goodness. What are we going to do? I got a feeling our couches are going to be getting more time than our car. What do you think? I think we lost you. (laughs) Where'd you go, Chet? (laughs) There you are. Well, there you go. I can't see myself anymore. I can't see you either, but we were talking gas prices, Chet, and uh, your couch getting more time than your car. That's for darn sure.
0: Yeah, I'm re-entering the studio, Bill, and uh, as long as people can hear me, I can tell you that, all states pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control. You, you only pay for the miles you drive. With the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers, <laughs> pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent in Westchester, Pennsylvania. That is Dave Lavoie. Call Dave at 610 430 0700 once again 610 430 0700 and start to save more now that you are driving less thank you al
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right well chet i don't know man your sixers let's talk about them they let you down uh they let us all down they stunk it up in game five and game six
0: uh you're gonna make me talk about the sixers well i guess that's better than talking about the flyers anyway bill um. All right, the, the Sixers, very disappointing. Um, Fourth, second-round exit in five years. The other year, of course, it was a first-round exit. I can't believe it. I'm very disappointed. Um, You had some things to say last week about Joel Embiid, Bill. I'm going to bring you on the carpet for that. You kind of alluded to him being, I don't know, soft or not a winner, not a take-charge guy, not a guy who makes – other players better tell tell your story bill go ahead
1: well i I didn't say soft Uh, he he's gotten over in my mind he's gotten over the soft part he did play injured um kudos to him for that but um when the money was on the line and he had to be big in game five and game six he was not able to do it the guys around him were not able to do it um and i believe i said I don't even remember how many years ago, Chet, two, three, uh, that I didn't think they would ever win, win a championship with Joel Embiid being the face of the franchise, and I stand by that. I think he's a good player. I think he's a really good player. Um, he just doesn't seem to be the guy that's going to strap a team on his shoulders like some of the other guys in the playoffs did, and uh, that's just it. I just don't. I just don't. Just don't see it.
0: All right, couple of things. I, I think you're being a little too hard on him because you're discounting the injuries. He had two freak nah. injuries, nah. the thumb and the broken face. He had a broken orbital bone in his face, Bill. Both of them freak injuries, not anything that would make him, you know, be considered injury prone. And you try to play a game of basketball with a broken face. I'm sure it ain't easy. Now, secondly, you said that You don't think he makes other players better, and I think the problem there is he's a center. Okay, guys that make other players better are typically guards or small forwards like Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, etc. A center isn't the no, seriously, a center is the guy who's generally getting the ball from a point guard and you know taking it to the hoop. Magic Johnson and even Ben Simmons are distributors who, by their passing ability or by their basketball knowledge, are the guys who are typically going to help make other players better. So I think that's unfair to say that he makes a, has any other center made any players better? And don't tell me Chamberlain or Jabbar or you know Shaq made other well, players better. They happen to be on good teams with great point guards.
1: Well let's let's circle back since that's one of your things. Let's circle back. To your first comment about the injury, was he injured in game four when he scored about 38 points and 18 rebounds or whatever? Yeah, in game he that was. They won? He was. Okay, so what, that was okay that night?
0: Did but he also not okay get in banged night. in the face in that game or in the next game, which was, you know, exacerbating the situation?
1: No. No. Okay,
0: you're not going to cut him any slack. You
1: you know I'm not going to cut him any slack. And, Jewel oh you no, 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 no! I really don't like the guy, Bill. No, 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 no! It's not true. Not true. I've complimented the player, and I and I think the player is a quality player. Uh, I just don't see leadership. I see a lot of flopping on the floor. I see a lot of coming out of the game early. Uh, you know, I, I don't like to necessarily compare players to other players because it's a different game. Um, but Giannis, Giannis, what did first player in NBA history to score 200 points, have 100 rebounds, and 50 assists in one series? And he lost. But in his last, the last game of that series, he had 20 some points and 20 assists. The guy played his butt off, put the team on his shoulders, didn't win. It's not always about winning. Uh, he he wasn't on as good a team as the other team. But it wasn't because of lack of effort. And to your second point about the big man, it's a little different story in these days. As you always say, don't be a dinosaur because <laughs> this seven-foot center plays at the arc or the foul line. He doesn't play in the paint, Chamberlain. He frequently
0: plays in the, in the paint. He did not play as much in the paint after the injury. And that was one of the criticisms, and I understand it. He probably didn't want to get, you know, banged around as much because of the injuries. And that's what hurt them. Unfortunately, the fact that he did play outside too often. Bill, I want to switch gears though and get to the coach, Doc Rivers, because unfortunately, unless I do a great job, Rivers, unless he gets a great offer and wants to negotiate something through the team with the Lakers and get that job, he's coming back next year. But yeah, Doc Rivers, and I want to play this for you. Doc Rivers thinks he's doing a fine job. Here, listen.
1: I think I do a, a terrific job. I think I do a, a terrific job. A terrific job. A terrific job. A terrific job. <laughs> Doc thinks he does a terrific job, Bill, in case you missed that. Well, apparently his boss does too because he said the very next day that he would be back. So, <laughs> apparently uh he thinks he does Uh-oh. a good job too, Ch- uh, too, Chet. I I I tend to disagree with that.
0: Yeah, I do too. I mean, clearly he did not do a great job and What was he saying in his post-series news conference that nobody had any expectations of this team when he took the job a couple of years ago? Under Brett Brown, they got to the second round, and that's why they made the change. They wanted to go further. They expected him to take them further. What the hell is he saying that nobody had any expectations of this team? You got Joel Embiid. You had what everybody thought was a rising star in Ben Simmons. You just gave Tobias Harris a huge contract. Who said nobody had any expectations of this team? We all had expectations and you yeah. didn't get the job done, Glenn Rivers.
1: Yeah, he he's he's in his own fantasy world and and I I guess, you know, if his boss agrees with it, maybe they're both in a fantasy world. And I, and I will say this and and I don't I don't mean to be defending Rivers and I don't mean to really be defending and be either with this, but you and I both know we talked about this that team didn't have enough depth. They they really yeah. weren't a good enough team. Even if they got through the top five or six players, they didn't have enough depth to, to probably win this tournament anyway, even with a healthy Embiid. We thought we thought going in Miami, they might have, a, you know, they would struggle down there anyway. And um, Embiid being hurt certainly didn't help that. But um, I don't know if that's an, an out for Rivers. Uh, that he, he could just do with what he had to do with, but I think him and maybe his boss, too, are both in a different world.
0: Yeah, Miami clearly had the, the more talented team, and they were also better coached, by the way. Sorry, Doc. Um, the Sixers' depth did get a take a hit when they had to make the trade to get Harden um, because they lost Seth Curry. They lost the backup center, Andre Drummond. Paul Reed's just not ready for prime time yet, and DeAndre Jordan is unfortunately pretty much washed up i mentioned harden bill what the hell are they going to do with james harden now he has said he's coming back on one year 47 dollar 47 million dollar player option can you imagine getting paid over a half a million dollars for one game of basketball bill
1: no no (laughs) no yeah you can't even fathom it i mean of course he's coming back i would come back too if that was my option well that's right that's right I don't know, you know. Um, I don't think you can build the team and make the team better if you've got to tie up forty-seven million dollars on him, and you know. And I think the the fans, I think, were a little rough on Harden one way or the other. It could because it was all it all turned into being about him. And if they won and he played good, it was all well. We finally got what we expected. And if they didn't play well or he didn't play well, it was all Harden's fault. What a, what a bad trade this was and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I, I don't know what you do. You know, my take
0: on Harden, I was not excited about making the deal before it happened. And once it happened, I said, well, look, they got Simmons out of town, which is the bottom line. That had to be done. Maybe Harden will help them. And then after I saw, you know, the first game, I was all in. I was. I said, yeah, this guy's going to help us. I actually put money on them winning the Eastern Conference. I didn't win that, obviously, um, because, you know, he played four or five great games. And then he started to look not like a 32-year-old James Harden, but like a 42-year-old James Harden. Looked nothing like the guy that we saw in Houston or even Brooklyn last year. So, unfortunately – now, he is going to apparently be coming back for at least one year. They better not give him any kind of a max extension. If they give him any kind of an extension beyond one year, it better be for a discount because he's on his last legs, unfortunately. 32 is old in the NBA for a point guard.
1: Yeah, and you know, we uh, early on, we saw a lot of uh, things with about leadership and some different things he was providing. Uh, it didn't sound like at least that wasn't being reported later on, like it had been early on. Um, yeah.
0: Early on, he was helping Maxi. We saw him, you know, coaching the players on the bench. Didn't hear quite so much about that later on, but Tyrese Maxi's a keeper. Harden is going to be here. Joel Embiid. I mean, some people want to trade him now because they think they can get something in return, but you got to give him at least one or two more years. He's under contract beyond that. I mean, Harris could be traded if they can find a taker. There are no other locks as far as guys coming back next year on the Sixers.
1: Yeah. Well, and one other thing, uh, you know, when when he didn't play, Joel didn't play those first couple games. We saw some other guys step up. We saw Harris play real well. He did. Uh, Harden was playing okay. Uh, Maxie was playing good. When, you know, this is a problem with the NBA to me as a whole is uh, – When you have that one guy and he's your guy, now all of a sudden he's the one getting the ball. Harden doesn't take a shot in the fourth quarter or or hardly uh, because we're going to rely on our one guy to do everything. And, you know, those aren't the, you know, you just just can't get it done that way. Everybody needs to step up and play as a team. Back to that chemistry thing I always talk about. It certainly wasn't there when they needed it at the end.
0: You know what I got, Bill? I got some food here, so oh. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, people <laughs> right. just came by and gave us some food, which is cool. Hey, uh, Sixers have what's going to be a very interesting off season, but I'll tell you, Bill, it is now in season as far as what's going on over at the Irish Rover. And I'm going to tell you about the Irish Rover right now, Bill. Uh, they recently, because we are now starting to see some warm weather, They have opened up their outside patio, and it is officially open now for the spring and summer. And, of course, there's always lunch specials, dinner specials, happy hour specials, and, yes, always 24 beers on tap. I'm going to stop there this weekend, as a matter of fact. Mark your calendars, everybody. Next month, June 19th, it is back, the Father's Day Car Show. I don't think they had it the last couple of years for obvious reasons, but it is back, June 19th. The great father's day car show at the irish rover station house check the website for details irishroverstationhouse.com or you can just pop in the irish rover is on bellevue avenue in langhorne and bill i gotta hear this one or two more times because we love Ray. hi
3: this is ray Dinger, and it is always fun to talk sports with these two
0: guys bill and chad on philly press box radio
1: such good Ray. stuff.
0: Oh, I gotta get rid of the Irish over thing. You know, uh two more weekends or no, one more yeah, two more weekends for Ray Diddy, and that's it. So uh, I'm gonna miss the guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I tell you what, it was uh really was fun having him and Paul Paul Hagen with us last week. Um, you know, they were great and we got so much good feedback uh, from their visit and uh, you know, Ray being his last one and um uh, you know, Jed, I, I, the more I thought about it when uh, Ray said he was doing one more book signing um, and that was it. i wonder if he's shutting, just shutting everything down. Yeah, he, he is. is he's still coming to Philly Press Box Radio? Uh,
0: not for a while, although, although he is bringing back uh, Tommy and me this summer. And it's going to be over in Hershey, as we mentioned last week. So maybe we can coax him to come on again this summer to talk about that. But otherwise, he said he is pretty much shutting it down. He's going to do very, very few interviews otherwise. Uh, He's not going to come on any shows just to talk about the Eagles and whatnot. So if it's for some kind of special thing, maybe. But no, he's pretty much shutting it down. So, hey, good for Ray. And, you know, he deserves the very best. And, heck, he's one of the greatest guys we've ever met. He's one of our most popular guests. He was on with us 19 times. And, you know, now that I think of it, Bill... Uh, I'm gonna eat my food, but while I do that, I'm gonna play this little thing that we did with Ray last week, where I gave him some retirement tips. Not that you asked, but I have a few suggestions for you to help you enjoy <laughs> retirement, okay? Now, you can let me know I'm afterwards, if, if any of these sound appealing, you can let me know afterwards, okay? All Number right. one, finally take up Glenn Macnow on his offer to pay for a Netflix subscription and binge watch TV shows every day. That's one thing. Number 2. Not Be like Joe, so like Joe DeCamera <laughs> and watch and rewatch all 7 seasons of the West Wings start to finish 17 times. No? Probably not, not happen.
4: Number 3.
0: <laughs> make your overdue comeback, Ray, and join another professional softball league, resuming your memorable career from back in the late 1970s. Tell everybody, mm. what was what was your nickname back then? <laughs> The vacuum cleaner, because you were a great I, defensive. I, I, uh, I actually, I actually was a halfway decent third baseman. Not a lot of power, but I could, I could, I could pick it. Number four, create a TikTok account and post daily <laughs> dance videos of yourself. No, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> Number five, track down Christy Brinkley and tell her, you know, even though you're married now, that you could still maybe do that lunch that didn't happen 42 years ago. I think, she's, I think she's moved on, Chad. <laughs> Probably, or maybe just this one, Ray. Spend quality time with your wife, your kids, and your grandkids. Travel the world and enjoy life. How's that?
3: Bingo, that's my there plan. I mean, you were uh, <laughs> you, you you saw my game plan. That's that's pretty right. much it. I've got uh, a couple things I want to do. I, I want to find one time, one time somewhere along the line. I, I want to be good enough that I can beat my grandson at Madden. That's sort uh, of what I'm working on. <laughs>
0: Ah, good stuff, good stuff. I'm finishing up my food. I was going to
1: say, what kind of food do you have while we're... uh, It was some kind
0: of a cookie with ice cream on top of it, and it was great.
1: There you go. (laughs) Hey, well, while you're finishing eating, let's give a shout-out to all the shows over at the Edge of Philly Sports Network, Chet, this week. All kinds of stuff going on, wall-to-wall coverage, Monday, the Broad Street Bully podcast, they're still talking flyers. The Monday Mailbag with Joey Sharon is always a hit. Little podcast, that's good stuff. Talking Philly sports with Maddie B on Tuesday nights at eight thirty. Fighting's final post game. Matty B doing every night after the Phils game. He's going on talking the ball game. Great stuff there. Of course, you have us Lincoln Financial Field tonight. Followed on location with Al and Joey and the boys at seven thirty tonight instead of their normal nine thirty Saturday morning. 9 a.m. The Patterson Avenue fanatic breakfast with the boys—that's always fun too. Even though Joe Marks is all eat up with Joel Embiid, we'll still <laughs> uh, we'll still give him a shout out. And Sunday, Lax Philly, Lacrosse Philly, and Beyond Sundays 9 p.m. All great stuff across the board at Edge of Philly Sports uh, Network. Chet, and uh, it's wall to wall every week. Yes, it is, Bill.
0: Oh, my battery is running low. I have to. Uh... Check my charger here. Bill, um, we got a lot of great shows, and I'll tell you, the show that we're doing now, we are in our ninth year, and we got a lot of uh, things coming up that we'll talk about in the future, but uh, I'm looking forward to this summer, and one of the things I'm looking forward to is watching a lot of Phillies baseball. They have been inconsistent, to say the least. They had this great road trip last week, won five out of the first six, blew game seven in Los Angeles, and then they come home. Um, Tuesday night and get shut out by San Diego had just a couple of hits and, uh, it was not good, but do you have any faith in this team right now? Because I mean, I think last night was more of an outlier as far as the hitting. I think they are going to hit their, their numbers are pretty good, but I I think if anything, they're going to be a wild card team. How are you feeling about this Phillies team right now?
1: Oh, they're just, they're so inconsistent at this point. You know, that, that's the thing that gets me. Uh, we knew Bryce, would come around, Harper would come around, start hitting. He has, uh, Hoskins has actually even started to hit a little bit. Uh, He needs to be more than a streak player. He needs to be a consistent player for him. Um, The top of the lineup, as I've said all along, still got to have somebody to set the table for whatever reason. They don't want it to be Odubel, who's struggling down in the bottom of the lineup. Uh, Schwarber doesn't look like he's that guy. So, I'm certainly not happy with what's going on at the top of the lineup. Uh, Alec Bohm is hitting the ball and has continued to hit the ball. So, I like that as well. But, um, you know, the pitching, for the most part, Aaron Nola can't buy a win. He's got plenty of leads, uh, leaves with leads, and then they lose the game behind him. So, um I don't know, Chet. They they got a good game from Eflin again. They're getting good pitching from from for a couple others. Um then they have bullpen meltdowns every so often. So, I'm going to go inconsistent. They're a 500 team. They are what they are and uh I don't I don't really see that happening or that changing a whole a whole heck of a lot at this point.
0: Yeah, I hear you, Bill. Uh the bullpen is a concern as we seem to say every single year. Right? Um I like Canable. I mean, yeah, he had the little late meltdown on Sunday that cost them a six in one road trip, but I think he's going to be fine. I think they should maybe use Sir Anthony a little more and in more crucial situations. Familia, you know, he's a question mark every time he's like Hector Neris revisited. You just don't know what you're going to get, but I like Sir Anthony quite a bit and I would like to see him use more in a eighth inning setup situation. So I think they're going to be okay. I think they're going to be, especially with the additional wildcard team this year. I think they're going to be in the hunt at least through mid September and hopefully through the end of September.
1: Yeah. Well, and Alvarado, he scares me every time. He oh, all the co- time comes on the field, too. Uh, he throws hard, but who knows where it's going. Uh, you know, I did, like you say, I just think they are what they are. Uh, the, these Some of these games, when you have a lead, you have to win them. It doesn't matter if it's early May, you got to win those games. You should be able to put away and uh you're not going to win them all. We understand that it's a it's a marathon. Uh, but you can't let them get away over and over again either.
0: Yeah, um thank God for the DH because uh Bryce Harper not in the lineup tonight but hopefully back in there tomorrow night. I mean if we didn't have the DH in the National League this year, he'd be sitting out for a couple of months probably. So hopefully he'll get back in there tomorrow. He had the Player of the Week honors last year. Did a great job, you know, all week. And uh, man, he is just so on fire these days. And they got to get him back in the lineup because the outfield defense is not great. And I know, Bill, you're a big fan of both Odubel Herrera and Roman Quinn when they're in the lineup together.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I said this yesterday. I think it was yesterday, the day before. Uh, when when is this Roman Quinn thing going to stop? Uh, It it was a bad thing several years ago. It's still a bad thing. It's even a worse thing now that they cut him loose and uh, no one else wanted him either. And we bring him back and we put him in the starting lineup so he can hit 130 again. uh, I I just, you can't be a serious club if you're running him out there. I I don't care if he's batting ninth and can run like a deer. It, It doesn't matter. He's not good enough.
0: Yeah. We got some music going on here, so I couldn't hear everything you said, but I don't think you mentioned the name Mickey Moniak is Mickey coming back. I think he was starting to rehab this week. Uh, is Mickey going to be back soon because he could, I mean, he had a great spring, so, you know, maybe he could be, uh, the answer in center field.
1: Well, yeah, he is supposed to be back here within the next week or so I think, but, uh, you know, again, you know, Mickey's got to get up and actually do it at the big league level. Uh, Bryce Harper had a great spring training too, came out in the regular season and was hitting 150. Uh, Bryce Harper is a different player than Mickey Moniak. You knew Harper was going to come back. Mickey has struggled at the big league level. One can only hope that uh, he is fixed, uh, that Kevin Long has gotten him straightened out like uh, they, they claim he has. And hopefully Mickey can be that guy. But until he does it uh, – you know, we got to we got to see before it happens.
0: All right, we'll get back to our Phillies later, Bill. But we got another guest joining us. Uh, we talked to her last month, the same night we had Troy on with us, Joanna Otero Cruz. Did I get it right?
5: Yes, you did. I did that
0: from memory. So <laughs> how about and that? And after two beers, by the way. <laughs> so, <laughs> Joanna is the the boss at Women Against Abuse, and we have this big event tonight. What has happened so far, Joanna, and what's coming up soon?
5: Yes, so we have Dish It Up. It's all about we have these amazing women chefs. It's a chef competition. Um, we have all these sweets, um, very yummy sweets, and savory foods too. So they're all local chefs who came together and really supporting this fundraiser, um, and they're competing. So well, who has the, the, the best sweet desserts? Um, and we have various judges out there already doing their thing, judging away with their metrics. And um, we look forward to um, really honoring Troy Vincent and Tommy Vincent um, in just a few minutes.
0: Well, I had some sort of a cookie with like an ice cream thing on it, and it was delicious. And if anybody wants to bring me any more, that, that would be great. <laughs> but uh, you mentioned Troy and Tommy being honored tonight. Why exactly are they being honored? Advocates of the Year, is that right?
5: They are the Advocates of the Year. You know, they do amazing work promoting um, the, the end for domestic violence, building awareness um, of this, you know, uh, of this issue that impacts so many individuals.
0: Um, when I talked to you last month, I didn't realize you had only been on the job since what, January? Is that right?
5: I started late November, yeah. November, okay.
0: <laughs> How did you end up here in uh, Philly doing this and what's your experience been so far?
5: Oh, it's been great. I have. I'm a Philly girl, so I nice. have always um, worked in nonprofit and um, had an opportunity. I've known of Women Against Abuse. Had an opportunity to work with them many years ago, as uh, when I was the director of domestic violence at, at another organization. Um, so you know, in Philadelphia, they're the only safe haven. So obviously, I knew of them. Um, and uh, for the past six years, I've been working with the government um, <laughs> under the Kenny administration, and um, this opportunity presented itself. And this is mission-driven work. This is, you know, once an advocate, always an advocate. Um, and I believe in the cause. I believe in the, in the mission. And, um, and and it's a great, incredible organization. So I'm humbled for the opportunity to serve.
0: Now, I know you weren't here, but what happened with this event the last couple of years during COVID? Did they have anything? Did they have a scaled-down event?
5: We had to do... We had to pivot, (laughs) we went virtual, like many different organizations. And so they did what they had to do to to change the event um, a a little bit. Um, The last one that they had in person was in 2019, like many organizations. So we're happy to be back in person.
0: I talked to you uh, last month about this, and you told me some numbers. The problem is very serious in the Philadelphia area areas, if not as far as domestic abuse
5: absolutely. one in every three women are, are abused or experienced domestic violence in Philadelphia alone, we have over a hundred thousand calls to um, due to domestic violence um, to nine one one so the numbers are definitely um, staggering. Um, And unfortunately, in 2021, we saw an increase in homicides as a result of domestic violence, more than doubling um, the previous year. So at a time that we were telling people to stay home and isolate, they were staying home and isolating with their perpetrators. So things definitely with added stress and exasperated the matter.
0: Well, Joanna, I I know the program is starting in about 10 minutes, but Bill, do you have one final question for Joanna?
1: I I wanted to throw this up on the screen from one of our viewers, Joe Howe, puts up there, and maybe we can get an quick explanation. What do you mean by safe haven? It's uh, a
5: great question. That is our shelters. So, in the city of Philadelphia, we operate the two shelters that are available for individuals that have to flee um, dangerous, um, dangerous, violent relationships in Philadelphia.
0: Very nice. All right. Well, Joanna, the program is going to start shortly, and uh, you're going to be on stage. So I'll let you run. Thank Thank you so much for stopping by. Great to meet you in person.
5: Thank you.
1: How cool was that, Bill? Yeah, that's great. I will tell you what. What a cause. And uh, you know, when the thing about those kind of these kind of events, Chet, uh, for us regular people out going to work, doing our thing every day, the statistics that get thrown out uh, are mind boggling. You know, you you're not in the middle of it. So you don't really understand it or appreciate it, but when you start throwing around numbers like she just was, um, it's mind boggling to what's going on out there in the in this uh, this case, especially. They cut you off, Chet.
0: Joe Tucker, where are you from, Joe?
6: Uh, Philadelphia.
0: And your organization? The
6: Tucker Law Group. Tucker Law Group, you're one of the sponsors for this event? Major sponsor here this year and in prior years. Major sponsor of Women Against Abuse. My law partner, Leslie Greenspan, is actually president of the board of Women Against Abuse.
0: And Joe, how long have you guys been sponsoring this event? For, I can think, at least five years. Joe, you said you're from Philadelphia. Are you a sports fan? Is Snow White is hell hot? <laughs> There's a bear shit
6: in the woods. So you're pretty
0: happy about what the Eagles have done with their draft?
6: Oh, they. I have to give the devil his due. How he's done a great <laughs> off season. You have know, to starting off slow. The engine's rolling with the signing today. We've shored yeah. up our um, corners. We have big play Slay, and we got the Giants on the hook for 11 million for Bradbury, and we only have to pay him 10 million. And yeah. if he, and if he leaves at the end of the year
0: and free agency, we get compensatory picks and put these on. And I think Bill wants to ask you a question, Bill, a question for Joe Tucker.
1: Joe, uh, what did ask you about this event and you, you said you've been doing it for a while. What got you guys involved in this, uh, from the start. And I was just saying to Chad, after the last interview, it's amazing the statistics that the regular people like us don't know about, uh, with domestic abuse that, uh, It's such a monumental thing.
6: You'd have to meet my partner, Leslie Greenspan, who is chair of the board. And I often refer to her as Caffeinated Leslie. Leslie is a strong advocate for this organization. It's an important organization. Uh, Women and spouses who are living in the shadows that they need support, they need it to be known, They need to not be embarrassed about it. And when you begin to understand the great things that Women Against Abuse is doing in Philadelphia, what it's doing for uh, domestic abuse and spousal abuse, it, it really saddens you, one, what happens, but two, it gives you a sliver of hope that what Women Against Abuse and what a fundraiser like this can do for these people who have, been, who have suffered through domestic abuse, Joe? So where have they held past fundraisers? Were they here or were they elsewhere? This is our first time here. You know we have Troy Vincent, yeah, Eagle Great here, who is our Advocate of the Year. We've held it at various places in Philadelphia, um, B or Vi, I I'm blanking on the name. It's on South Broad Street. It's V I A. I'm forget the name. We've had it at the Bellevue. We've had any number of places. The food is always spectacular, uh, often featuring women chefs, You know, which is uh, another good thing about this. We're empowering women in an area where
0: generally you've not seen women um, promoted. All right. Um, did you try some of the food? Because there was some food competition here tonight. Did you get to sample some of it? Any particular favorites? I, I start off with dessert first
6: because life is short, so I eat dessert first. <laughs> and they must have set it up for me perfectly because when you walked in, they had the dessert trays. So <laughs> I grabbed myself some beer because what goes better with dessert than beer? I hear you. <laughs> you know, a double a double pale ale and sample desserts. Everything here is just so good in the bite-sized portions that they're in.
0: Well, Joe, thank you so much for stopping by again. Your organization, the law firm, the Tucker Law Group. Tucker Law Group. Are you are you like the head the head man there? I don't. I wouldn't say I'm the head
6: man. Uh, the the firm is dominated by women.
0: <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I, I, I might, know how
6: that goes. Yeah, my name just happens to be on the door, <laughs> kind of like my house. There's just the two of us right now, but it's still <laughs> you, dominated by women. You, you know, you know, happy life, happy <laughs> happy know wife, happy life. You That's know how that? it goes. Happy women lawyers in my office. <laughs> I'm happy.
0: All right, Joe yeah. Tucker, thank you so much yeah. for stopping yeah. by and enjoy the rest of your evening.
6: Thank you very much. Two things I have to say, yes. support Women Against Abuse and E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. All
0: right, hey. Go Eagles. Joe Tucker, good man. All right, Bill. Good we, stuff. We're having a good time. People just wandering by. I'm hoping that uh, Troy will stop by at some point. Would love to see Troy and his uh, lovely wife, Tommy. Absolutely. Uh, I mentioned the Kendall Golf event Uh Listen. Yeah, you
1: know, you know, we didn't have sound for your Kendall bite. There. What? No. Why not? I don't know, but you didn't see me keep going like that because we couldn't hear you.
0: I, I don't know why. Well, let me, let me just say once again that the Kendall Crusade one on golf event is coming up May 31st, 2022, White Marsh Valley Country Club. All the information is at kendalscrusade.org. Did you hear that, Bill? Heard it. All right.
1: Absolutely. Hey, hey Chet, uh why we have a few minutes because I think you're waiting on another guest possibly or maybe Troy. Uh Rest in peace David West. Yeah. Uh, another veteran stadium veteran. Uh Philly's veteran who's passed away with brain cancer. That list is getting long, Chet. Those there's a lot of uh, a lot of points on that on that chart now, not just the one off. That's for sure. Yeah, that's a shame. He's
0: what I, I couldn't hear. But I think he is the seventh to have uh, died related to brain cancer. And, you know, you you wonder, was it something in the AstroTurf, the chemicals that they used? Uh, but that's a shame. I mean, we know about Vukovic and Dalton and some of the others and now David West. And, you know, as you said, it's a shame and too young.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's funny because, you know, everybody's pointing to the vet now as a, as a thing. Uh, but we're not hearing about football players that had the same problem so i'm not I'm not sure it's real or not but uh there's sure a lot of coincidence if it's not uh this Philly team has been hit or Philly organization has been hit yeah. really hard
0: yep and uh, you know I was looking at David West statistics 1993 he played nine or ten years in the bigs, and he was, to be honest, a pretty mediocre pitcher, but in 1993, he was great. He was a setup man. He was six and four. It was the only year his ERA was under three, and he was a guy who was crucial to their success, and, of course, they made it to the World Series, thanks in part to contributions from David West.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Key, Key member of that squad, for sure. So, hey, Ted, you want to talk Flyers? No, <laughs> why? <laughs> There's although Barry, you know there are Barry some head Trotz. coaches available now.
0: Maybe maybe they'll hire an actual head coach, one who can you know help get them back to the playoffs. There's some big names out there now, Bill.
1: Yeah, Barry Trotz is supposed to be interviewing on Friday uh, for the Flyers job, ah. and the uh, the Las Vegas fired their coach today, uh, which was a, yeah, bit of a surprise um, too. So. I mean.
0: It's got to be an upgrade, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You know, you to got to have some players out there. That's for sure. I'm not sure they got enough of them yet.
0: Yeah, boy. I have – this is the, the least amount of Flyers games that I watched this past season in my entire life because they were pretty much out of it by the end of December, and usually I'm a January kind of guy as far as when I start watching. So it was not great. But you know what's great, Bill? What's I'll that? tell you what's great. Trey Vincent is great. And Trey Vincent's going to sit down with us right now. So Fantastic. <laughs> this is pretty cool, Bill. Yeah. Trey Vincent, I'm Chet. That's Big Al. And Bill is going to be talking to you also on here. Thank you so much for doing the interview with us last month. And congratulations on being here tonight and being honored as one of the Advocates of the Year, you and Tommy.
3: Well, thank you. We are excited to be here. We're thankful for being here. I saw a lot of uh, family members, friends, and a lot of business owners. And it's always nice coming back to the link on a nice day. It's not humid. You know, you're not sweating. People smiling. People's happy. I don't have to talk about an Eagles loss <laughs> or what didn't happen on, you know, the, last, the previous day.
0: But it's a good day.
1: Well, Bill, you got a question for Troy? Well, Troy, first of all, congratulations on the award uh or the honor uh certainly something that we we uh took your passion away when we talked to you uh just a couple of weeks ago, so I'd just like to say congratulations most to you and your wife on this
3: well, well th- thank you bill and it's uh my wife and i we are again we're we're very thankful and honored to be a recipient, but the real champions bill are are the the men and women you know joanna. You know, leading the organization, the board members, frankly, the survivors, the children and, and, and young ladies and, and even young men that have, uh, that have had to experience uh, violence, whether it's domestic violence or sexual violence. Those are the real champions. And I just lend my voice and my platform.
0: Uh, one football question: What did you think of the Eagles' draft? I know you're a big shot NFL guy now, but you're still an Eagle at heart. What do you think of the Eagles' draft and the addition of AJ Brown?
3: I actually thought they, I thought the Birds had a, a, a good draft. I actually talked to Howie about this after ah. getting, getting that linebacker in the third round. I invited him to the draft, ah, because I had every indication that he was a top twenty pick. This the young man was is a is a top was a top 20 pick projected. The big fella they got up front. That's 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 special. You know, you got a cornerstone especially with the transition of a Fletcher there. I was really impressed. Now, I like we, Jordan Davis. We still have to score some points at the end of the day. The teams that win at this level They minimize penalties. It's about field position. Your quarterback has to be able to generate points week in and week out from the pocket.
1: I agree. Hey, Bill, you said you always wanted to meet Troy. You got him here. One more question for Troy from you. Yeah, Troy, I I wanted to say about uh, the NFL as a whole, I I think you can answer this. I'm not trying to trap you here. Uh, A little different uh way things are being done trading pro bowlers like AJ Brown Tyreek Hill uh some of those kind of guys business is a little different in the NFL these days it seems uh and and in this case advantage eagles getting AJ Brown yes
3: but that's the beauty that's the evolution of the game we think about hey listen when 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 freeman McNeil and Reggie White was even talking about free agency everyone thought it was going to ruin the National Football League. Hey, fast forward, I I happen to be a free agent acquisition. I felt like my time here was was well spent. Now, hey, doesn't matter. And we tell this to all the young rookies. You are not going to end with the team that you began with. That's the reality of the National Football League. And just because you're an all-star, all-pro, the likelihood of you – Moving to going to a different team is high. I'm gonna give you one reminder. Okay, Jerry Rice did not end up, yeah. he did not end his career. Yeah, with the San Francisco. If Jerry Rice and Joe Montana and Reggie White did <laughs> not end, Emmett Smith did not end as a cowboy. This is Bill. This is just a generation in the evolution of pro football. Guess what? It allows us to talk about the game year round.
0: Final comment, Troy, about this event and Women Against Abuse before we let you go. I'm just
3: thankful. Why are we here tonight? We're here to raise funds so that Women Against Abuse, the the only full comprehensive organization in the city of brotherly love, the resources are needed and necessary for supportive families. We need people to, to go in their pockets tonight where they're at the event here tonight. You need to go to womenagainstabuse.org. Donate now. Please donate. Every dollar counts. Every dollar matters. And domestic violence and sexual assault it's our issue.
0: Perfect. I'm going to let you run and Bill while Troy exits, I'm going to play a little Dick Vermeil talking about the Hall of Fame. Well, this is quite a thrill, making a return visit to Philly Press Box Radio. He was on the show just over five years ago. It is the great Dick Vermeule. Coach, the votes have been cast, and unless there's a ridiculous upset, it's going to be announced Thursday during that evening's NFL Honors Show that the 2022 Hall of Fame class will include Dick Vermeule. How does that make you feel?
4: Well, you know, first off, I'm aware it's not 100%. You know, uh, at least I'm thinking that There's only been 15 coaches inducted over the last 33 years. So uh, I know I'm a finalist, and if they put a coach in, it's me. And I'm very proud of that fact and very humbled by it because there's so many other people that are qualified as well. So here I am. I'm waiting.
0: I like your chances. All right, Coach, last August, you were out in Canton for Harold Carmichael's long overdue, I think, induction into the Hall of Fame. And while you were out there, uh, I'm looking at a picture right now. You can see it, too. About 20 ex-Eagles were out there, made the trip. You know, we're talking Ron Jaworski, Mike Quick, John Bunting, Ken Dunick, uh, John Spagnolia, Keith Krefley, our buddy Kevin Riley, and the great Brian Dawkins. I have a feeling we're going to see an even bigger contingent of ex-Eagles out in Canton this August, not to mention a bunch of Rams and Chiefs alumni. You apparently made quite an impression on your players.
4: Well, they made a, quite an impression on me. <laughs> you know, they took me any place I went, believe me. There was more of them making a contribution and great coaches around me. Uh, you know, I'm very close to a lot of my players. I was just passing the other day with Keith Greffley and Frank Lemaster. And had a great time with them. Yeah. You no, know, yeah. Those guys did a great job for me and hopefully I did a good job for them. And I've always believed in building sincere, honest relationships and, and coach a hell out of them. You know, my motto was make them sweat on the field, make them happy off the field.
0: Hey coach, when the Eagles beat the Patriots four years ago in super bowl 52, I'm guessing that as a former coach of the franchise, you felt some of that special feeling that all of us fans yeah. felt. Did you not? No question.
4: I really did. Uh, It touched me. I mean, I know how sincerely loved the Eagles are by the Philadelphia fan and how intense they can be and how much they appreciate great effort and how much they despise poor effort. And uh, I was happy for them. I was happy for the organization. And it, it really touched me. I was happy for Doug Peterson and his coaching staff, the ownership. Howie Roseman, you know, they they get—they take a lot of heat in this town. Okay. They take, you know, we're with you, winter tie, and don't tie many, you know. And <laughs> I, I was really touched.
0: Finally, coach, before I let you go, I'm going to need to see your birth certificate because you can't really be 85. Is it the Dick Vermeule wines that keep you young or what?
4: Well, I hope so. You know, I don't know. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, I've I always believed if you want to be healthy, you got to work at it. It's the great, actually it's the greatest investment you can make is in your own personal health and i'm fortunate i've always been in the sports world i've always been a fitness guy and i work out 3 to 5 times a week you know i've been doing it all my life now maybe that's why i supposedly look younger but i know this so uh, you know I, I i i have two artificial hips can hear can't remember can't see and can't pee other than that i'm in pretty damn good shape (laughs) (laughs) oh my coach vermil
0: this was great congrats on what i'm sure is going to be some terrific news thursday evening from the hall of fame folks and if i'm right about that i'm going to see you in august out in canton okay
4: i'll look forward to it believe me
1: boy that's great every time you hear it no Can't hear you. There you go. There we
0: go. I don't know what happened but uh, I was I saying I Troy is, is Troy was great and some of our uh viewers noticed that as well troy a class act brilliant guy said Corey, thank you for all you do on and off the field yeah really good to talk to him so uh boy we're just rolling along bill and we're actually only like 10 or 12 minutes away from the end of our show and by the way big al will be doing a show right after ours and i'm gonna be his very special guest so look forward to that edge of philly sports network right after our show ends
1: all right. Hey, uh, speaking of Coach Vermeil and uh, the Hall of Fame, Chet, yeah. uh, Philly Sports Trips has something going on with that, and uh, I know you're wanting to be part of that.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely going to be going. Philly Sports Trips has so much going on over the next uh, several months, this spring and summer, as a matter of fact. They have trips to City Field over Memorial Day weekend. They get a trip to San Diego. They get a trip to Nationals Park in Washington. And then, of course, yeah, the Dick Vermeil Hall of Train. Let me ask Big Al, why the hell aren't these in order, Big Al? We go from June to May, back to June. What the hell, man? I was drunk. (laughs) Best I can give you. That's the best
3: I can give you. That's
0: all I needed to know. (laughs) And then, yeah, the sports trips to all the away Eagles games, starting off with Detroit. Who wants to go to Detroit in September, you ask? An Eagles fan does. That's who. And Philly sports trip does it right. And then they got all the other NFC East teams, a trip to Arizona, which I hear is going to be a blast. And maybe you just want to spend Christmas Eve in big D watching the Eagles beat the Cowboys and making a lot of people happy on Christmas Eve. So Philly sports trips.com, get all the information right there. And you will be glad you did real quick. uh, Joe, Joe here had a question. Joe, how do they still have openings for the hall of fame trip?
3: I talked to Vince today. Yes, they still have openings, Joe. So Philly trips.com Click on
2: that
0: trip and get yourself a locked in position. And Joe, maybe you'll be able to hang out with me for a while.
1: Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> maybe not. Come on, baby. Hey, I may uh I may end up being uh catching up with the Philly sports trips, not going obviously from from Philly to uh Indianapolis on that. Sunday before Thanksgiving, I have I have some interest in that game. Yes, you do. I think you know some people who work in the organization. For the Colts. Yes, yes. looking forward to it. All right, Chet, uh, let's take another quick break and thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Razz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page and people can take uh, have a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They have small line razes that give you better chances of winning. Check out their Facebook page, like it, or follow it. It's PPCC118RazzRoom. That's right, PPCC118RazzRoom on Facebook. Yeah. All right. Do we have any random chats tonight? Do we have any parting shots tonight or anything else you want to talk about tonight? Um, Man, you know, I wish I had my bell. But no, I have nothing
0: prepared. But th- I don't know if, if this will make anyone take away my man card because, you know, I'm considered a manly man. But I'm a big fan of the TV show This Is Us. And This Is Us has one more episode left. It's been a great show for six years, taking us through the lives of the Pearsons. And uh, sadly, we said goodbye to Mandy Moore's character in last night's episode. Sorry if I spoiled anything, but everybody knew she was you know, dying. And now they have the finale next Tuesday. And if you watch, if you haven't watched this week's yet, let me just say, Get the tissues ready. You will need them, okay? This is us, one of the greatest shows ever made. And I'm sorry, but I have I'm not been. sure
1: anybody ever gave you a Mad Card, but if they did, <laughs> they took it Ouch! back. Yeah, they, they, they took it back. And by <laughs> the way, speaking of your Mad cards, I see where uh, the Billboard Awards were on the other night, and yeah. uh, American Idol had double the viewers of Billboard and Music Boards because no one cares.
0: Look, we've talked about this before. Award shows are pretty much fading. You know, they're a thing of the past. But, of course, I watched much of it. Not a big fan of much of the current music, but, hey, they're there. I try to watch. I try to stay current, Bill, unlike you, who still thinks it's 1978.
1: And so do you with Joel Embiid (laughs) thinking he's in the paint. Hey, hey, I'll flip this up here real quick, I think. Let's put this back up here because you just invited Joe Hal to hang Uh-oh. out with you in Canton, and then Joe just said, <laughs> I'm not hanging with you, pal. Okay, fine, Joe. Fine. Who needs you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, no, so we got geez. a show next week, you know.
1: Yeah. Who's going to come to Philly Press Box Radio next week?
0: Well, Bill, I'm glad you asked. We have lots of Phillies baseball talk next week. Hopefully, they'll be back on a winning streak by then. And we have one of our favorite guests joining us to talk all things Phillies, First time in more than a year, though, for this guy. He runs Phillies Nation. He and Tim Kelly and company do a great job with that. It is Brian Michael. Always good to talk Phillies and more with Brian Michael. So there, next week, back at our regular time, by the way, 7 p.m. Wednesday. Not at the link, unfortunately. They will never have me back again. Speaking of which, Bill, let me just add to that. Um, They may not want to have me back here again because – I have been coming to the link since 2003 when it opened. I saw a Springsteen concert last, that August before the Eagles played a game here. The first six times I came here between 2003 and 2011, the Eagles won, okay? I was a perfect 6-0. and oh. Now, since 2011, I've been here seven times, and they've lost six out of those seven games. So my record... No, seven out of eight. My record is now seven and seven. I've actually lost seven out of the last eight times that I have been to the link. The Eagles do not want me here anymore, but I'm going to try to come back anyway this fall.
1: Yeah, I think it would probably be wise for you to stay home. You can stay (laughs) home and watch reruns of game six of the Sixers game. Uh, I believe single game tickets go on sale
0: June 2nd, from what I've heard. So uh, I'm going to try to get tickets for at least one game maybe two i'm thinking steelers and eagles this year
1: yeah steelers will be good i, yeah, think, ticket, that, I think tickets gonna be memory. hard to tickets gonna be a little hard to come by this year i think there's a lot, of excitement. Game, yeah. a lot of excitement yeah and i don't do i don't
0: do december games because yeah you're right i don't have a man card because i don't do cold weather games so i will that's not be here in december card.
1: that's <laughs> that man card thing again I, I don't know what i don't know what to tell you you know they play the playoffs in january too pal
0: uh, yeah i won't be i'll be home watching it on tv
1: <laughs> i don't like cold weather
0: especially as i get older you know
1: uh, y'all i i do know absolutely do know all Bill, right they're gonna
0: start their program here it's getting loud so we're gonna wrap it up soon but uh do you want to talk about anything else
1: nope i am good if you are good let's wrap it up so they can uh do their show you guys can enjoy maybe get another snack another beverage and uh uh, Enjoy yourself. Uh, oh, one
0: other thing. I will see some people this weekend at the MMRBQ, eight great bands over in Camden at whatever it's called now. They've gone, I think, undergone like eight name changes. Uh, they are now the Freedom Mortgage Pavilion. Used to be the bb used to be the Sony Blockbuster thingamabob, but... I'll be there, Disturb, the Headliner, Pretty Reckless, among others, Barbecue 2022. And don't forget, right after we wrap up, Edge of Philly Sports Network comes up on uh, Facebook and YouTube and wherever else. Big Al Zafiri, and he's going to be joined by some old guy. So some other guy. Check that here. out. The other and guy. Edge of Philly Sports on both Facebook Live, live on YouTube, and wherever else you find Edge of Philly with Big Al. So wrap it up, Bill.
1: All right. We we've hit the end of the show. Hour and a half. That flew by, Chet. Let's thank all tonight's special guests. They were Great also night. our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. For Jim Chet this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook. Listen through our website, Philly on BlocktalkRadio.com slash Philly Radio on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. With that, high hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, Chet, al, take it from here. Have fun. Have a good night.
0: I hope